Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! What up, it's MC Lars. When you're done listening to The Bone Bad Show, you know that flow is going to get you where you want to go. Go on to your iTunes podcast browser. It won't take an hour. Then you can take a shower. Click on the MC Lars podcast. I'll do it right every night, and you know that I will rock fast and rock slow. Freestyle without the beat. Making promos on the radio for my man Steve. It's MC Lars telling you about my podcast coming back, and I'm doing it to the track piece. The MC Lars podcast on Horace Records Radio and iTunes. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. What's up, guys? This is Charles from Abysmal Dawn, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 61 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going. It's going. I'm no. glad to hear that. I'm I, glad to hear that things have been going well with you. I had, uh, had some excitement in my life. Did you? Some, some very, very anticipated books arrived in the mail. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah I mean, not, not only did the next uh, book, the next Missile Mouse book come, which made my children very happy and the next book in the in the deeper series came mm-hmm. which made my older child very happy by the way those are dark books man those are those are unhappy books i haven't actually read them yet we have a set and i think julie read the first one or two but yeah i understand that they are dark yeah yeah anyway so that made everyone happy and the new uh jack reacher there book. you go that's something uh, i picked that thing up Boom! Page one. I'm into it. All good, but, Steve. Yes. What the hell? What? The box, the box arrives. First of all, very timely. I was really impressed with how quickly you sent it and I got it, but the box is just, looks like it was run over (laughs) several times. 
by a, like a bobsled or something. I mean, it's not crushed. It's just like crumpled, like it like it hit hard and rolled poorly in wet gravel. And the whole thing is kind of damp, and the corners are, are slightly all the corners are like busted out, you know, exploded out. Uh, the books inside are fine. I, I get it. I, I get it home, and I'm in the kitchen, and my wife is in the kitchen too. And I'm like, "Oh, hey, cool! The books arrived. Both are okay. Box doesn't look very good." And I open it up, and I I reach in there. I mean, I just reach right in, like, because I'm I'm expecting books to be in there, and I just grab a hold of the books and pull them out and flop them on the counter. And there's some packaging in there too. Some Nice green recycled paper packaging. I just grab a hold of that. You know, just, just grabbed it because I'm not expecting anything, right? And my wife screams and runs out of the kitchen. And after a little bit more screaming, she starts making words going, B, 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 B. <laughs> and there's this, there's this really large yellow jacket like this like this magnum yellow jacket like like it's like 50 percent bigger than the yellow jackets <laughs> that were infesting my mailbox area and it's it's moving really slowly and lethargically just sort of staggering across the uh the counter and so i totally hide my shock i'm like oh yeah okay yeah that inside i'm like ah! <laughs> outside because my wife was there and she's already losing it I, I like oh okay here let me take care of that and she's like get kill yeah, yeah so i go to smash it and I, I take the box and i hit the thing with the box but the box is in such sorry condition <laughs> it's like trying to break a pinata with with a roll of toilet paper it's just it just like doesn't phase the speed this yellow jacket at all and it keeps crawling around, like, kind of irritated. I, 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 like, took off my shoe and swatted it with my shoe and killed it because this box is so beautiful. So what the hell are you doing sending me yellow jackets in the mail, man? That is really bizarre. Now, so that's the question. Like, when did... You're saying that the corners to the boxes all busted out? Yeah. So maybe a yellow jacket could have crawled in there at one of the mail facilities or in the truck. Yeah, or maybe you know I'm allergic to stings, and you're like some low budget Bond villain. Like you low couldn't afford bond. a Cobra. Okay, so, you so there's there's more to this whole box story. So let let's get down to it. So I had told you I was going to send those books on Saturday. Yeah. And Saturday, we got doing all this other stuff. The missus was wanting me to clean the house for the Super Bowl party, and there was there was just a ton of stuff going on. And I never got around to mailing the books. So what I figured I'd do is I wrapped them all up. And Sunday night, after, late, I drove to the post office. And they have like the, the uh, you know, 24-hour shipping thing. Where you, you run your credit card through the machine. It prints out the stamp. You stamp it on the box. And then you put the box in this big thing with a handle, right? Yeah. And so I was sending two packages one package was uh, some the kids' school pictures all framed up in glass in this, like, vase that my daughter had made for my mom. And yeah, so didn't get that. I was sending that, and I was sending your books. So I'm kind of, you know, it's been a long day, whatever. I, I, I'm kind of, you know, just trying to get this all done. So I get down to the post office. I stamp the stuff. I go, I put one of the boxes in the mailbox. And it's one of those big wide mouth things that you lower and then you raise it up high. And it kind of, yeah. it's like a, on a rocker. Yeah. And it rolls over and you hear the box fall out. Ka-thong. And then you roll it back and it's empty, right? Yeah. So I roll the first one, ka-chunk, open it up. I stick the second one in, roll it back. And then I hear, cheek. And I start to pull it, pull the thing down and it's stuck. <laughs> so the box is clearly halfway through the thing. And so I kind of, you know, jiggle it. <laughs> so you're chewing it up in this mailbox. So, yeah, 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 totally. So I, I jiggle it, and but I'm not, I'm thinking, because I was tired, I wasn't paying attention, I'm not sure if it's the glass picture frames that are stuck in the big maw, ma, or if it's your books. So I did not put any extra pressure on it. I jiggled a little bit. And then I'm like, well, shit, there's nothing else I can do, and there's nobody here. All I can do is between now and, like, 6 in the morning when they uh, come to, you know, check the mail, 
I just have to hope that nobody wails on this handle trying to mail a package, which so is clearly what it's which is clearly dark, what right? fucking happened, right? Yeah, I guess so. Someone really got their exercise getting that box to get in the mailbox. But yeah, I have no idea about the yellow jacket. That's crazy. That's crazy. So speaking of loud, angry buzzing, the music you are listening to tonight is Los Angeles's Abysmal Dawn. A that was a nice segue, Steve. Thank you. A death metal act I've really been digging. I actually wasn't familiar with them, and uh, I had uh, received their new single for the Heavy Half Hour, and I was checking that out, and it just blew my mind. And so right away I wanted to kind of, you know, hear a little bit more of them and feature them on the show because I'm really digging their music. So I hope you enjoy it. Later we're going to have an interview with the vocalist and guitarist, Charles Elliott, and uh, I hope you enjoy that as well. Now, is it legal to have death metal from someplace where there's sunshine? I think there is. You know, actually, you may not know this. I don't know this. But Florida was a hotbed for death metal in, like, the 90s. Well, that, they have a lot of snow in Florida, but it's of the cocaine variety. Now there's a lot of big bands. Death was from Florida, I believe. Morbid Angel, Deicide. There was a whole school of uh, death metal bands that came out of that area. So there's a long and honorable tradition. It isn't only the frosty, frozen north that puts forth great death metal. I can't believe I actually stepped into this and now you're talking about death metal history and geography again. Why don't I ever learn? (laughs) One day you will, baby. Oh, God. So, dude. What? It's about time. It's been a while since we've recorded. It has. And I need to get something off my chest because there's something that pisses me off. All right, what? Dude, science pisses me off. (laughs) You were never very good at it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You know, science off. I used to know things. I used to go to school, and I studied hard so that I would know things, facts, that I could go out into the world and use to be successful in my life. I yeah, used to know things that are slowly being disproven by science. <laughs> First of all, I used to know milk was good for you. Milk builds strong bones. It makes you healthy. Now, milk does scientists come out, no, that those are fucked up cow enzymes. Those are not healthy. Those are not good for you at all. You should not be drinking milk. I used to know that Pluto was a planet. It was the ninth planet. I actually did a mobile with nine planets. I didn't put eight. I had nine planets on that mobile in fifth grade. And Pluto was a planet. Now, no, it's not a planet at all. That's part of the Kuiper's ring or ring around the collar or something. And then now it just came out that... Evidently, everything you knew about astrology is wrong. I used to know that I was a tourist. That's not science. It is, because they remeasured the calendar. They figured out that instead of 12 cycles, there's actually 13 in the astrological calendar. But that's that's science. That's like saying reading tea leaves is science, because tea is a plant. If it's the study of tea, it's chronological. Anyway, so apparently I'm no longer a tourist. I'm an Aries. And, you know, it just... uh, I'm on pins and needles because despite everything that I know about myself and my world, I know that any day science is going to come out and prove that I'm actually a bisexual vegan Raiders fan, (laughs) which sucks because I was going to take the family to the movies this weekend, but instead I have to blow Al Davis. Oh, no. Wait, I have a quick question, though. Do vegans swallow? I I probably should bone up on that. Yeah, you need to bone up on that. (laughs) So that, that really pisses me off. Science, stop proving me wrong. Just sci- knock it off, science. Fuck hold you, still. science. Science exactly. needs to hold still. You know, it's real. I mean, even the basic stuff, because here, here's something. When when matter gets cold, it contracts and gets heavier, right? Mm-hmm. First thing you learn in science. When it warms up, it expands and gets lighter, right? Yeah, just like my testicles. Right, exactly like your testicles. So how come when water gets cold, it turns to ice and ice floats? It actually gets colder and lighter. <laughs> the hell is that all about? All right, don't email me. I really do know why that happens. <laughs> I need some beer. <laughs> Are you taking a, be- a beer break? Yes, I'm drinking beer. Okay, go. Okay, so it's my turn? Yes, it's your turn. All right, here, here's what pisses me off. You know I love my music. You do? And I mean, I really do. I love my music. And you know I love my kids. Yes. I do. I love my kids. But I swear, when I am in the car with my kids, 
and I'm listening to music and that one song comes on, the one song that just all of a sudden hits the nerve just right. You're just instantly grooving to it. I want to sing along to it, even if it's just inside my head. That is the moment right there when one of my kids will decide it is really critical to talk to me and, and to ask me a question. And they can't get the question off. It's, it's like the corner of dude and catastrophe comes on. The bass line kicks in, MC Frontal, I'm ready to just start start rapping in my head. And I get the, <clears throat> Dad? Yes. Dad? Um, Dad? Yes. Okay, Dad? Um, Dad? You know the, um, Dad? Yes. Okay, Dad? You know the, the um, okay, you know the, the in Pokemon? You know, the, um, the, the <laughs> Dad? Yes! You know? He's just trying to talk to me. He's got thoughts. He's they're, they're coming out. I can't I can't be mad. Jesus God, I love you, child. But I'm gonna drive this car to the primate center and sell you if you don't spit out a question. Well, at least for you, there there's a question coming. With my son, it's like, hey, Dad, wanna what? Dad, <laughs> Dad, wanna what? Wanna what? Dad, what? What? I like cows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, son. You know what okay, pisses yeah. me off? What? Speaking of music, when did my kids' music start becoming filthier than my music? <laughs> is uh, is your kid listening to Too Drunk to Fuck? No, my daughter's listening to, like, Lady Gaga. What the fuck is a disco stick? I don't oh, want a disco dear. stick anywhere near my daughter. No, you don't. And she's listening to Katy Perry. Oh, my God. That Show stuff is rife. Boy. That's filthy music. It and is. I, and my music is downright satanic. <laughs> and I think her music is filthy. You're listening to big black songs about fucking, <laughs> but she's actually listening to songs about fucking. Right, yeah. Yeah. At least See, it, that's why I advocate Devo for little girls, because it's bouncy, it's happy, and they're not singing about oral sex. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> They could be singing about a lot of things. But that's the thing. At least it used to be vaguely, you know, kind of draped. It was poetic. Now, no. <laughs> and there'll be some, some rapper that drops in and says something about... Poking your butthole. <laughs> exactly. Using those words. Yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, I swear. You know, I feel better now. Good. I'm glad. So you got a political rant this week? I, you know, I have a political rant this week. You know, speaking of the need for a reality check, we need, we have a, a need for a national reality check. We, we just need to get some focus here for a minute, separate the wheat from the chaff. You cannot change reality just because it makes you uncomfortable. And a lot of reality makes a lot of people uncomfortable. So let, let's get, start with the basics. Here's what's real. The Constitution of the United States has provisions for slavery. Some of the founding fathers owned slaves. It's ugly, but it's real. And you can, like in Tennessee, try to legislate this fact out of history books, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It happened. You gotta own up to it. It's not cool, but there it is. Columbus, he did not discover America. First of all, he thought he was in India. Second of all, other Europeans got here before he did. And third of all, you can't discover a place if there's already people living there. You want to know else? European, U.S. expansion, I don't care how you want to paint it in your history book. It, in this, I'm going to use a technical term here, I hope it's not too much for you. It rat-fucked the Native Americans. There are no two ways about it. They came out as the losers in that encounter. And while I'm handing out reality checks about indigenous people... They weren't always peaceful, loving, hippie environmentalists. Indigenous people, just because they got squashed by the Europeans, doesn't mean that they were perfect beforehand or after. They're, they were people. They fought wars and killed and did all kinds of nasty things that people do. And they even on occasion were somewhat less than green. They, they weren't hippies. You'd be hard-pressed to find colorful birds in New Zealand because the Maori loved their pretty, pretty feathers so much they hunted them to extinction. So if you want more reality, here's one for you. Reality. It's a fact. You can't you can't get away from this no matter how uncomfortable it makes you. The number one cause of abortion is unwanted conception. So if you're really against abortion, you're really for contraception. 
If you aren't pro-contraception, then you really aren't pro-life. You may be anti-sex, but you're not pro-life. And if you say freedom isn't free, but bitch about raising taxes to pay for the trillion-dollar war in Iraq, you're a hypocrite. And if you use the media, you, Mr. Media Guy, use the media to bitch about the liberal bias of the media as if you aren't part of the media, then you are thoroughly divorced from reality. I mean, isn't Fox News, like, the biggest media outlet there is? Liberal? I... What? Come on. And while I'm on the topic, you Fox News junkies, if you distrust foreigners so thoroughly, why in the hell are you turning your attention to Fox? Rupert Murdoch is a foreigner. He's one of those <laughs> Europeans that you distrust so much. And who's the second largest stakeholder? Is it Alexander Haig or the ghost of Ronald Reagan? No, it's a Saudi prince. Prince Al-Walid. Is that true? That's true. Number two man at Fox. Wow. He's a Saudi prince. And his uncle is who? King Abdullah. And he, that's a guy who actually rules Saudi Arabia under Sharia law. So why are you listening to a European and a Saudi prince? Because that's who's running the show. Reality. In reality. Check it. That is my political rant. Wow, that was an eye-opener and no mistake, as Samwise Gamgee would say. But was that apropos of anything at all? No. Like we're <laughs> You just started vomiting forth these facts, and I'm I like, just, huh? I, what? The more Segway, I think about shit, you're hurting I, I, my head. I couldn't focus. I just couldn't focus. <laughs> I still can't focus. That was amazing. I need some death metal. This Would is you please put on some death metal. This is compulsory resurrection. Is it real? Check it.
All right, once again, Compulsory Resurrection from the 2008 release, Program to Consume. And I'm here right now with the mastermind of Abysmal Dawn, Charles Elliott. How you doing, sir? Good, man. Just hanging out and doing some interviews today and trying to uh, get ready for our tour with Cataclysm, All Shall Perish, and Crepid Birth, and uh, Conducted from the Grave. Very cool. Well, this is a, a, a cool opportunity for me. Because oftentimes on the Bone Bat Show, we feature a band that, you know, either Gord or I have been fans of for a really long time. And this is one of the first chances we've had where I'm kind of discovering a band along with our listeners. Uh, I had just recently received your new single, In Service of Time, for the Heavy Half Hour, and was totally blown away by that tune, man. What great songwriting. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people seem to be digging that song in particular. It's really powerful, and the stuttering riffage that you've got going on there. It's so precise. I just love it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about Abysmal Dawn. How'd you guys get started? Well, uh formed the band in uh, was it late 2003 or 2004. We got our first demo in 2004. I don't know. We, we self-financed our first record and uh, from Ashes, and uh, a record company heard what the, a couple songs on MySpace or something and picked it up and then as we went along we did some tours, we did a tour with uh, Six Feet Under and Crazy and then Decapitated in 2006 mm-hmm. and uh, after that started writing Program to Consume and Relapse contacted us about uh, you know joining their roster and of course we were stoked about that pretty much what happened and then here we are today millions of tours and van miles later <laughs> and just uh doing what we're doing man, and trying to bring the, the metal to the masses you know very cool so what i've enjoyed it listening to your early stuff is like from the ashes is very much scorched earth you guys are just blowing everything out and then for program to consume the songwriting progression of you know you're you like not afraid to slow down and kind of investigate a good groove a little bit and mix up the sonic palette and then we see that even more in leveling the planes of existence the chorus and manufacturing humanity i was really taken by that my own savior is just an epic tune and then sleeper awakens kind of revels in a slower crunch and it has maybe one of the the most soulful solos i've heard in any of your songs yet Cool, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely you know, a lot of variation on this album. It was funny that I, I saw maybe a couple people say that the record is mid-paced, and I thought that was really funny because some of the stuff on here is like the fastest <laughs> shit we've ever written, you know what I mean? It's like the most technical and the fastest stuff that we, we have, we've ever done. There is, uh, you know, songs that are very groove-oriented as mm-hmm. well, though. But, you know, I'd say it's about 50 50 here and maybe a little bit more on the fast side of things, really. But then, you know, we have a song like Sleeper Awakens where uh, we really wanted to try something new. And we did, I guess it's more of like a Doom influenced song. Mm-hmm. It's cool because some people hear it and they think it's the best thing we've ever done, and other people are like, why the hell is this on the record? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we just wanted to do something different, you know? We can't do the same thing every time and want to experiment here and there. As far as uh, our other records go, I I think we kind of want to combine what we did on From Ashes with uh, the program to consume sound as well, you know? Our first record is pretty melodic and... uh, Maybe a bit more on the Swedish death metal side, and uh, yeah, particularly catchy. I think uh, "Black in the Sky" was a song I was really taken with. That's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one of the hits on that that album. A lot of requests, you know, to play that song. You know, mm-hmm. trying to put it back in the live set. You know, and program consume was more, I guess, a little more extreme. It's definitely a darker sounding record. To me, I, I think it's more cohesive record, like it flows better. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, we just tried to combine sort of the best of both those records while still doing uh, something new, you know, and I, I'm really happy with the production and the performance this time around. And the songwriting, I think, is, you know, we're catchy, but we're still even more technical than we were before, or, you know, even more extreme. So, we, we definitely feel like we've progressed, and that's always the the goal, you know, to progress with every album. 
Sure, absolutely. And also in your vocal style, I think, you're hearing a little more like sometimes you'll do kind of a little bit of a blackened take as in addition to the growls in the same song, and you're mixing it up. And that's pretty cool to hear as well. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of you know, black metal and death metal. So I, I try and add different genres within my vocals, within the music, too, you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another cool thing about your albums is that you've managed to have covers by Par Olufsen, who has been doing one of the best metal artists working today. He's done great stuff for Psychroptic and The Faceless and other bands I really dig. And I really love the new album cover, man. It's tremendous. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Par always does great for us. He's, you know, he's done all our album covers, and he's got a cool style that I think we can relate to uh, musically as well. You know, he's kind of like a musical equivalent to our style, which is you combine sort of modern techniques with old school techniques as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. He's always great to work with and bounce ideas off of and we always come up with something really cool. <laughs> That's really awesome. Man. So next right. up, you said you you guys are going on tour? Yeah, uh, we leave next Saturday, actually. Very cool. And you, are you getting up to Seattle this go around? Yeah, uh, man, where are we playing in Seattle? I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's, we're playing El Corazon or we're playing, no, we're playing Studio 7. Studio 7, okay. I know it well. Yeah, I was supposed to see you guys. The funny thing is, although I hadn't finally tracked you down, I was supposed to see you guys back in like 2007 with Origin. And I okay, ended up not yeah. making it to that to that show. But yeah, this is a long uh, put off thing for me, so. Well, cool, man. Well, hopefully you make it out this time. Yeah. So how is Seattle as a metal city? Do we hold our own? Yeah, dude. Actually, that's one of our favorite places to play. People are always really appreciative. Uh, the venues that uh, we played at, you know, Studio 7 and El Corazon, every time they have good local in-house sound guys, and people always come up to us and, you know, talk to us and are really cool and buy a lot of merch when we play over there. So <laughs> cool. we definitely love playing Seattle. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear because, you know, a lot of times we'll get like the, the Tuesday night or Wednesday night weeknight show, and we always hope we can get a good turnout for that. Yeah. Okay, and where can we find your stuff, Charles? Well, you can find it on uh, relapse.com. You can find it at, at all fine record stores. I don't like, no, you can get it at F- FYE, and, uh, you know, you can find it online on iTunes with the deluxe version and all that with bonus tracks. I think if you go to our Facebook page, you can see uh, there's a list of where to find our record somewhere on there. Okay, cool. On our posting. Is there an abysmaldawn.com as well? There is, but you don't want to go to that shit. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like, we never update it. It's, uh, it's just a logo up there at this point. <laughs> the best way to communicate with the band and find out what we're up to is uh, the Facebook page. Cool. Well, you know, no Bone Bat Show interview would be complete, Charles, without the question, what pisses you off, man? Ah, man. Just backstabbing people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That and parking tickets. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Parking tickets tickets are brutal. (laughs) If you're a backstabbing meter maid, watch your fucking back because you're on my hit list. There you go. All right, man. Well, would you like to uh, introduce our listeners to the next song? Cool. Yeah, this next song is in service of time. It's off our new album, Loveling the Point of Existence. So check it out, man.
right, once again, that was Abysmal Dawn with In Service of Time. That tune is so fucking cool. I can't stop. That was the tune that made me say, I got to listen to more of those guys. So, Well done, gentlemen. Thanks to Charles for the interview and for his time. I really appreciate it, man. So, dude. Dude. Multimedia triage. All right. Besides reading wasp-infected books. Yes. Archer started. It did. Watching it. It was okay. The German one was hilarious. The German one was hilarious. The second one wasn't as good. I agree completely. The second one was really funny. What was that one line? What are you, the Alabama of Europe? (laughs) 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 Great line. I loved in the beginning when it's your it's your furrier on the phone. Oh, great! Now you're getting fancy horseshoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Oh, yes. So Archer's on. Watch it. It's very funny. Even the ones that aren't as funny are very funny. You know what else I just watched? I don't know if you've seen this. Have you watched The Secret of Kel? No. Uh, you sent me the trailer, and I checked it out, and it's really cool. Yeah, I this one had completely escaped me. I don't know how I clued into it after it had come out, you know, in the rental market. And streaming. You could just stream it right on Netflix or the Xbox. Great, great cartoon. I mean, beautifully animated, very cool style. And it's an Irish fairy tale, I guess you could say. Very, you know, when you think animation, you think Japan, you think United States, you think some of those like shitty Eastern Bloc countries that are just slowly kind of digging out from the, the boot heel of the Soviet Union still. You don't think Ireland. And Man, that was a cool, cool little tale, and the the animation was absolutely top notch. Just watch it, just because of how good it looks. Well, the, the it's funny you should say that because to me the animation looked strikingly similar to that of Samurai Jack. I know. Which you have roundly panned at every single opportunity, you rat bastard. <laughs> I thought it looked like Samurai Jack. Like someone had taken the Samurai Jack animation uh-huh. and then actually put an effort into it. Oh, fuck you. Samurai Jack is such a great show. That's, it's like it's like Bone. Remember I sent you the Bone graphic novels and you're like, eh, what's this piece of shit? Steve keeps him to me. And then all of a sudden your son loves it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's good. I, well, you know what? It's good. There's something, there's some things out there I just don't appreciate, clearly. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Beatles, but a lot of people are. Sure. So I, I think what it is, is that it's only good if you discover it. Yeah, that's part of it, for sure. I, I think that's it. <laughs> no, because I like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, because you discovered them. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, I did. Remember when you discovered Mick singing in that candy shop back in England? <laughs> in the candy shop. When I discovered England, in fact, I, I discovered England and the candy shop and Mick. Yeah, you're buying, like, some Cadbury fruit and nut bars. <laughs> I was buying the, the Cadbury cream egg, if you really must know. <laughs> and that damn orange, that orange, I was buying that. And some great big little Lord Fauntleroy lollies. <laughs> Wait, big little Lord Fauntleroy lollies? Yeah. You know those great big lollipops that you... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a big sucker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I was buying. Then the rest, as they say, is history. Well, speaking of things British, I've been uh, reading a new uh, UK fantasy author. Well, I guess he's not new, but he's new to me. Uh, Joe Abercrombie, who writes a series called The First Law. I think I kind of mentioned it in passing on the last show. And the first one's called The Blade Itself that uh, I, I blew through in like three days. The second one is Until They Are Hanged. And I just finished that, and I'm on the third book, The Last Argument of Kings. And it's just a really great, fun, gritty fantasy series. And it takes a lot of the kind of the conventions of fantasy and kind of just sort of tweaks them. And, like, one of the main characters, all the the characters are, like, deeply flawed. One of the main characters is this guy who used to be, like, this, this incredible warrior soldier. And he gets kidnapped and tortured really, really badly, and his teeth removed, and one yeah. of his legs doesn't work right. And so he comes back, and he becomes an inquisitor for the king, and he's just bitter as fuck. <laughs> and 
Like, he's just this great kind of anti-hero, sort of. As he's trying to unsolve that, like, there's a mystery going on. And it's just really well done fantasy. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, there's two more books, uh, Best Served Cold and Heroes, which just actually hit the streets today, which uh, has a lot of the same characters as the previous series. So, so far, everything I've read, I've just, I'm absolutely loving, and I would highly recommend. All right. Well, you know, I, too, I don't read a lot of fantasy, and I was, I was trying to read some because I made the mistake of going to George R. R. Martin's site again and <laughs> reading the first you know, three chapters of the book that's never coming out. And so then I went over to Amazon, and I'm like doing that, you know, if you like this, you like that kind of thing. And I got a book called Knights of Dark Renown by David Gemmell. Hmm. And it's, it's you know, swords and a little bit of sorcery and, you know, evil kings and maybe possibly vampiric knights. And, you know, if you like George R. R. Martin stuff, you're not going to freaking like this. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm like... Five six of the way through it, and I'm ready to just flush the freaking thing down the toilet. I'm done with it. It's, oh, so it's, it's not. Crap. It's not good. Okay. No. Yeah. Don't. Well, that's um, that's don't actually I was like looking on Amazon as well for you know if you like George R. R. Martin, and that was how I came across Abercrombie's name. And well, a, your a, Amazon foo is much stronger than my Amazon. There, there's foo. another guy that I haven't had a chance. I've ordered the books and I've got him here, but I haven't read him yet. Scott Lynch, his name is. He has a book called The Lies of Locke Lamora. And it's supposed to be really good as well, so that's that's on deck. You know what else I've consumed in the the media world is the movie uh, Cyrus. Hmm, I'm you not know, familiar. I, what is it? I, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's the kind of redheaded fat guy that was in Get Him to the Greek and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jonah and, Hill. I guess. <laughs> you know, even if you said his name, I wouldn't freaking know it. It's a fat redheaded guy who's in Get Him to the Greek. Usually, he plays the you know the comedic role, and this. This is supposed to be kind of a dark comedy. It's about this guy is the kid, and he, well, the 26-year-old kid that lives with his mom still, and then mom gets a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so hijinks ensue. And you know how some movies, you don't really like them at first, and then the more you think back on it, the more you like it, and the more you think, oh, that was really a cool movie. This is not a movie like that. This, this movie sucked when I watched it, and the more I think about it, the worse it gets in my memory. <laughs> don't don't under no circumstances whatsoever even if you're attacked by wild dogs don't watch cyrus <laughs> you're in rare form this triage man yeah there's this one book i'm reading it sucks don't read it and speaking <laughs> of movies <laughs> hey i watched a movie that was good though did you yeah lewis valor recommended it iborgs <laughs> yeah that was great well I done, Lewis Fowler. Lewis Fowler hasn't gotten a shout-out around here for a while. He deserves He's it. He's a shout-out for iBoards, I'll tell you what. Yeah? Yeah. It was, it was a great little, like, sci-fi-type movie where society now depends very heavily on robotic surveillance to keep an eye on terrorists and crime and whatnot, and all these little robotic cameras are everywhere. Well... Perhaps the robotic cameras have developed a group intelligence, a la Skynet. Electric eye. Yeah, in yeah. The sky. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, don't expect an Academy Award-winning movie. The the special effects are uneven. In some areas, they're great. Like the little robots are mm-hmm. great. Other areas, you just go, "Whoa, they ran out of the budget there." You know. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a fun movie. I mean, for, for a B movie, it was A quality. Cool. I'll keep an eye peel for that. Yeah. And well, then what else? What else? You know, speaking the other thing... of uh, Academy Award nominated things, Julie and I watched Restropo this week, the uh, documentary about Afghanistan, the war in Afghanistan by uh, Sebastian Younger. It ties into the book of war oh, he did last yeah. year. Man, that's a good film. It's just amazing to, to see what those guys go through and what they were fighting over this little patch of land you know reading the book was one thing but to actually see a lot of it played out and to to be able to you know visualize you know what was going on there it's just an amazing watch yeah i've, I've got to see that it's streaming on netflix now so there's no excuse man all right well i'm gonna end the podcast right now then <laughs>
Alright, I'll wait. Now, should I actually just get that on Blu-rays? Is it going to look amazing? Well, a lot of it is, is beca- obviously, it's handheld. Okay, so, so you may find it, uh, you're a little sensitive to that sort of thing, so you may find that annoying. I'd watch it on Netflix before and decide. Yeah, you know, if it's actually done on a handheld camera mm-hmm. for real, that that's usually okay for me. Mm-hmm. If they're, like, intentionally shaking the camera just because it's fun, <laughs> then it pisses me off. They don't do that in Hollywood, do they? They do. We are taking the camera. I'm Aubin Garden. All right. So in the last thing, the last little bit of media I am consuming is that game that we talked about one or two podcasts back, Rascals. Yeah, sure. And I only say it because my kids have been playing it a lot, and it is now the game that when it is played in this house, there's absolutely no chance that I am going to do anything but come in last place. <laughs> the kids are crushing me at that game. It pisses me off. Speaking of video games that are pissing me off, so Red Dead Redemption. So I've been playing this game for like... God, for like 80 podcasts. Yeah, 57 years now. And the whole thing is you're supposed to finally get revenge on the guy who left you for dead, right? You're right. And so you do that, and then you get your wife and kid back, and then you get your ranch back, and then you have to herd cows, and then crows are getting your corn. The game will not fucking end! <laughs> I thought it wasn't supposed to end. I thought it was like big old open sandbox. I, it may be open sandbox literally forever. Well, time for a new game. <laughs> you could try playing more than one level of uh, Black Ops. Uh, I guess I could do that, huh? Since I yeah. spent the money. Well, I got a good deal on uh, Dead Space 2, so I've got that coming at some point in the future. So. All right. I saw that game absolutely kick your ass at uh, PAX. Yeah, but that was... The, weren't we playing that on a PlayStation? Yeah. I'm not yeah, used to right. those controllers. So I, I think on Xbox 360, I'll be able to hold my own. Yeah, I'm holding my own right now. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of filthy jokes... Speaking of filthy jokes, an old guy goes to his doctor for his physical... And then he gets sent to the urologist as a precaution. And when he gets there, he discovers the urologist is a very pretty female doctor. So the female doctor says, I'm going to check your prostate today, but this new procedure is a little different from what you're probably used to. I want you to lie on your right side, bend your knees, and while I check your prostate, take a deep breath and say, 99. The old guy obeys and says, 99. The doctor says, great. Now, turn over on your left side, and again, uh, while I repeat the check, take a deep breath and say, 99. Again, the old guy says, 99. The doctor said, very good. Now then, I want you to lie on your back with your knees raised slightly, and I'm going to check your prostate with this hand, and with the other hand, I'm going to hold onto your penis to keep it out of the way. Now, take a deep breath and say, 99. And the old guy goes, one, two, three. <laughs> well, another guy goes to the doctor, and he's, he's getting checked out. And he About conf- the same guy? No, it's a different guy. And okay. he, confi- he confides to his doctor that, he, you know, I, I hate to say this, Doc, but I, I, I'm getting tired of my wife. I wish there was some way I, that I could do her in so that I could have some good years left to myself. And the doctor says, well, here's, here's what I think you should do. Screw her every day for a year, the doctor says. She'll never make it. And so, as chance would have it, about a year later, the doctor happens by the patient's house. And on the porch, the husband is sitting there, and he's, he's just looking frail and wan and thin. He just looks like he's been ringed out. And on the other hand, his wife is tan and robust and healthy. And you, he sees her around the corner of the house actually splitting wood like a lumberjack. And so the doctor says to the patient, say, Sam, you're looking good. And he's a little uneasy about the whole thing. And, and Laura, she's certainly the picture of help. Little does she know, Sam wheezes with a wicked smile on his face. She dies tomorrow. What? <laughs> he's been fucking her every day for a year. And tomorrow's the last day. So he thinks she's going to die. But <laughs> if I have to explain it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was just me, or maybe that joke sucked, because I actually thought, is that what he meant by that? No, that can't be what he meant by that. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Steve. I don't know who to blame for that one. <laughs> All right, so thank you. First off, I'd like to thank Charles Elliott and Abysmal Dawn for the fantastic music this episode. Thank you. Our normal bullshit. As always, you can reach the show, 425-296-6557, or via email to steve at bonehand.com. And you can follow my Twitterings at mighty underscore wombat. You can go to my website and see a weekly cartoon, Mighty Wombat, MightyWombat.com. You should do that, definitely. You really should. Also, there's I've had some good cartoons this year. New content just about every Sunday at Bonehand.com, including the Heavy Half Hour, your straight shot of heavy independent music, which is always a good time. What happened to your straight shot of the hard stuff? Your straight shot of the hard stuff. So you do listen to that show. Holy shit. Well, don't tell anyone. The last episode, the last episode had a total space theme. Julie said it was one of my best episodes recently. So, check it out. All right. Anyway, uh, also you can reach my twitterings at my bone hand over there. Uh, also, we have a Facebook group for the Bone Bat Show if you're interested, and a Bone Bat feed there. If you like what we do, we always appreciate it. If you'll tell a friend, tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends. And as always, thank you for listening. Uh, final tune tonight from Abysmal Dawn, also from the newly released album Leveling the Plane of Existence on Relapse Records. Pick it up now. This is My Own Savior. Once again, I'm Steve. And this is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a big one. Well, I said good one. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs>
So you got a political rant this week? I, you know, I have a political rant this week. Except I have cat ass in my face. Cat, lay down. That's, you know what pisses me off? When I'm trying to do a political rant and my cat puts his ass in my face. Cat at ass, it's undeniable. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh. You know that's going to be the extended I think, dance yeah, version I think, of that song. I think my daughter has that song on her iPod. 